Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield, and this is the second annual Fired Anniversary episode. So I am super excited. Jordan so generously dedicated an hour of his very busy day to sit down on the floor in our bedroom together and talk all about my business, answer a lot of your questions that you guys had submitted through Instagram. And if you guys are wondering kind of more on like the backstory on how I started my brand and how I got to where I am today, I definitely recommend listening to Believe It's Episode 4. I'll link to it in the show notes. And that says a story of me getting fired. I share the story of me getting fired from my job, really growing my brand um, and kind of like more of the history. And this episode is filled with a lot of questions that you guys had submitted about my brand and running my business, brand partnerships, recipe questions, so many amazing topics. I cannot wait for you guys to listen. If you feel so inclined to share this episode over on Instagram, definitely let me know when you're listening to it. Maybe it'll be something fun to listen to as you're baking one of the 7,000 cookie recipes I'm sharing this holiday season. I hope you guys love it. And this is the last podcast episode for 2020. So I will talk to you guys in 2021. Cheers to hopefully a much calmer year in 2021. But I'm so grateful to have you guys right by my side this entire year and always. So thank you so, so much. And we will talk soon. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, we're on. Hello. I am sitting here on the floor in our bedroom. Oh, yeah. Dressed to kill. Jordan is literally in branded sweatpants and a sweatshirt with his afro in full bloom. Um, And I'm sitting here looking like a schlump in my leggings and long sleeve shirt and no bra on. But this is our quarantine pandemic life together month. Month seven? Eight? Eight. Oof, time, eight. time. I know. I can't believe it's already been a year since we sat here last time while we were sitting at our kitchen table. We did it at night. I yeah, remember. I can't believe I was invited back. I know, me too. Um, <laughs> when we recorded for my four-year fired anniversary, and I didn't even think about doing this episode until it was relatively recently something came up. I'm like, oh my gosh, Rachel, your five-year fired anniversary is coming up in December. Like, You need to get your shit together and like acknowledge this again. It's something that we've done every year for the last five years. And granted, times are so different right now than they were a year ago or two years ago and whatever. But I'm excited to be able to like come back on here and chat more about my brand and its growth in the last few years, the struggles, the wins, all of the stuff. And I polled you guys over on Instagram where I just get all of my knowledge and requests from you guys, which I love so, so much. And there were so many amazing questions that you, a lot of you had sent in. So I put as many as I could onto a list that Jordan is going to kind of do a little Q&A for us. And hopefully I'm going to answer as many questions for you guys and you can learn more about the ins and outs of the business and more about, and you'll hear and see more than you usually do when it just comes to like the grid on the feed and the other podcast episodes. And I'm excited. So I'm going to let Jordan take it from here and let's go, baby. All right. Well, like I said, for having me back. I guess I passed the test on the first one. Well, we also aren't <laughs> letting many other people into our apartment right now. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess that was your only option for for an in-line uh, interview. But uh, you know, it's been a lot of stuff. But um, you know, I think you've congrats on your and keep it up with uh, baby number two on the way. 
I think honestly, our biz, big, biggest success this year is just getting pregnant again. You know, I think that's like the light at the end of yeah. the tunnel through all the like crazy chaos. And this year has been tough for so many people. Like businesses are closed. People are losing their jobs. And I'm just grateful that we're able to like be home together, healthy, growing our family. And, yeah. and being home, I've gotten a front row seat to your... uh to the method behind the madness of uh of everything that that's you do. so true you were usually gone all yeah day. like i never really saw you in action obviously on the weekends but you know i'd say the weekends are a little bit different than yeah. probably your normal monday through friday with uh the five recipes going at once the bombs that are going off in the kitchen yeah. running to take photographs it's uh quite amazing that you've done it for five years basically by yourself yes. so and now if you ever go back to an office i'm screwed was like even yesterday i was like George, can i borrow you for five minutes so you could take a picture for me outside it's just it's been beyond helpful to have you home and to help me like eat everything. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> definitely breakfast lunch and dinner is, is for sure cover um all right so let's jump into some of these questions that you know people okay. have sent over to. so you kind of broke it up and first we'll start with kind of your brand how do you grow your following to reach more people you know that's something that's asked so much when it comes to like starting an Instagram account or a blog or anything. And how do you grow it? How do you go from kind of like zero to a hundred overnight? And to be totally blunt and honest, when I started, I'm going to focus primarily on Instagram right now. But when I started my Instagram account, things were so different than they are now. Like there was no algorithm. There are so like it, there weren't as many people on Instagram. It wasn't a very like saturated platform and i don't it is very saturated now which i don't think is a negative thing i think it's awesome that so many people are on there like producing creative content that for all for, for all of us to consume but you know it was definitely less competitive so i think at the time when i started growing my account it was it was a bit easier in my opinion um and but i always do say that it comes down to a few like aspects, I guess, when it comes to growing an account. And I do know a lot of accounts now that are growing exponentially like fast. So I definitely don't think it's out of the question. But the first is to produce quality content. So you want to produce content that people are going to like actually want to consume. Like you don't want to just half-ass things. So the more quality content that you have, the more people are going to be interested in like what you have to say and like what you're giving. And also the like um, the consistency of the content, like it should, like, if you want to grow your Instagram posting on Instagram, you know, one to two times a week, isn't really going to move the needle. It's that consistency. At first I was posting three times a day, which when I even say that out loud right now, that's exhausting. Um, I do think that it's very helpful to be active on there, like one to two times per day. So like I probably post one to two times per day, Monday through Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I only post no, Friday and Saturdays, I post once, then usually Sundays, like twice. So I would say the more you post, the more like your more eyes you'll get in front of, especially now just with how out, um, Instagram is with the algorithm, like the more times you post, the more times you'll also get into like the discover page and use like hashtags and all of that stuff. And then lastly, is engaging with your community. So whether that's, you know, engaging with other like, like minded people in the space, like doing collaborations of sorts. Like I know I've cultivated personally, like a lot of amazing friendships. And when it came to like my book coming out or like my podcast or like having guests on the podcast, it was awesome to be able to like collaborate with other people to like help each other's brands grow. And then also just engaging with like your own audience. So I try and respond to every single comment on my feed. 
I try to see every single direct message that I can. Sometimes I wish I don't see some of the direct messages that I receive. Um, but I think just like no, like having your community know that you're there is like really helpful. And then they'll want to keep coming back too. So me posting one side. I think you post, <laughs> I think you did. Did you like not post for six years or something like, until like Ezra was born? You're like, oh my God, let me show off my son. That's right. You, you, you do enough for the both of us. I know. That's true. Um, and then when you were beginning, did you uh, hire someone to help you with social media or did you kind of just teach her? I still, sorry, I'm drinking kombucha as I'm um, talking. I still haven't hired anyone for social media. I do everything myself, which, you know, I don't think is like a good thing. And I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. It's just kind of like what works for me right now. But no, I, have, I, I never hired anyone. I did it all myself. Like I literally did not spend like a penny on anything other than food. And like the software for my blog and stuff like that for the first like year or two. Like, remember, we always said like, this is the most inexpensive yeah, business to run. Well, yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't really outsource much um, in the beginning at all. And then what is your main source of income? Definitely brand partnerships. That's like the main bulk of my revenue now, which I know we'll get to like in a little yeah. bit. Cause there were so many questions about brand partnerships, which I'm so excited to dive into. So that's definitely my main source of income. And then affiliate revenue is definitely like income that I receive, but it's not like a bulk at all. I kind of just call it like extra fluff money where it's, <laughs> you know, some like every time I share a code on Instagram, that is not necessarily an affiliate code. If I'm linking to something on Amazon, that's an affiliate link. Um, so I get like, I don't know, a penny per sale or whatever Amazon so generously gives. And then a few other brands like Hue, like if you use my code for them, like I get a kickback and wild friends and a few brands I'll get something from, from affiliate stuff and then ad revenue for my site. So all of those like annoying ads that you see on people's food blogs or blogs in general, that is another source of income. And again, I call that like kind of passive fluff income too, because it's not something I have to like actively do anything for besides drive traffic to my site. And that's definitely like helpful income. And then my book doesn't produce income yet, which is very common. Usually you don't receive like any type of money for your book for the first like few years it's out, but hopefully down the road I'll receive money from my book. I think you have most of the main, uh, yeah, main points. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely beneficial when you can kind of set some of these things and forget them, you know, like the, uh, ad yeah. revenue or things like that, you know, you kind of put up the time up front and then month well so especially with like the affiliate stuff i always i just told someone the story the other day oh when we were talking to surrounding kids i was telling them that like my grandma <laughs> this, <laughs> this is, is actually, actually really funny. funny my grandma goes on like random websites and she puts in my name like right our the rachel not my actual name but she puts rachel in for discount codes because she like thinks that my discount <laughs> my name is a discount on like She's any like, branded well website and she actually has gotten lucky with like like cleaning supplies like for branch basics she like put my name in and like got she was like Rachel I got like a 15% off of his branch basics order and I'm like oh that's great grandma so I think that it's just funny to be able to like give it's also like I'm giving everyone a discount for something too but I'm also getting like a very small percentage back which is which is nice but my ultimate like goal in that is just like make things more affordable for people I know me too um you know I kind of touched on this before but like what's a typical day in your no, we didn't touch on the... Well, I just said I've gotten like a full uh, seat yeah. to the madness. Um, You know, things have been so different now, I would say during... Actually, I can't even say they've been so different. They've been different, but not drastically for me, like pre-pandemic versus now. 
So, and even just like pre-Ezra versus now too. So I guess I'll say a day in life during pandemics. I think that's something that's like more relevant for everyone. Sure. Um, so Ezra wakes us up. <laughs> like whatever time I refuse, like refuse to get out of bed until the second baby is here. So Jordan is a champion and he goes and he gets Ezra every morning. Granted, Ezra does not get up very early at all. Like knock on wood. Knock he, on wood. He's a good yeah, before daylight savings, he was sleeping miraculously for like a month straight till 745. Now he's up anywhere between like seven and 720. So it's totally manageable. And I'm even awake. I'm just laying in bed and soaking in every moment that I don't have to like get up to nurse or pump. Um so we usually get up, I would say I watch like seven, seven fifteen. Yeah. I I'm not gonna give like every detail, I guess, but I was gonna say I go to the bathroom. Um and then during this time I found that it's so important to leave my apartment. We live in a thousand square feet. It's Jordan, Ezra, myself, and Ezra's nanny is thankfully with us too. She doesn't live here, but she's here like during the day and then leaves at 5 30. And I leave the apartment every single morning, rain, shine, snow. Like, I don't even care if it's like there was 45 mile per hour winds on Monday and I was out there walking. I go for a walk every single morning. That's when I a, pick up my groceries that I need for recipes. I call a friend. I call my mom. I schedule a lot of like work calls during that time. I try and just like do kind of like an active but productive exercise. And it's also to me, I'm not a big meditator. So going outside for that walk is like a form of meditation. I listen to podcasts and I really run any errands. Like if I have to go to the bank or CVS or like whatever it may be, I do it during that time. And then I come back home and then I'm pretty much home like the rest of the day. So it depends on what the day is looking like. Right now it's been so much food, like a lot of recipe work. Last week, I clocked 28 hours in the kitchen, which was, I was wearing compression socks by the end of the week because my ankles hurt so bad every night. I had Jordan like rubbing them because like they were like severely in pain. It wasn't even like, oh, I'm pregnant, rub my feet. Like I actually couldn't sleep at night because my feet and ankles hurt so bad. So it's a lot of recipe work, which pretty much is from, I would say like 10.30 till about 3, 3.30 per like recipe day. And that includes like, making the recipe, photographing it, clean and cleaning everything up. And then at 3, 3.30, that's just because like the lighting starts to get like shitty around that time. That's when I sit down after I've done clean, um, done cleaning up and I edit the photos, write the blog post, like submit it to the brands for approval if I need to be. And then I'm on email the rest of the day. And I'm also on email in the morning too when I wake up and before I go for my walk, I like catch up. I'm the type of person who wakes up and like looks at their phone immediately and... I don't know, maybe my life would be better if I didn't look at that. But to me, it helps just know like if anything's urgent or coming up or I also like to look at my calendar for the day. And at 520, Ezra's nanny leaves. Yes, 520, not 530, 520. It's a very exact time. And she's like a bat out of hell, like running to catch her <laughs> bus. I'm like, please don't leave me. <laughs> and then a lot of the times now, Jordan used to work like longer hours in the office and he so generously is like watching Ezra so I can get more done until we all have dinner together. And then because I'm trying to prepare for like a somewhat of maternity. This is like the longest what is a day in, day in your life look for. But then we all have dinner together. Jordan and Ezra and I eat dinner together at the same time, basically every single night at 630. I'm like very adamant on having family dinners. And then I usually work for another hour 
while Ezra is playing around us, jumping on the couch. Ezra goes down at eight o'clock. I work till nine o'clock and then we are done. And then we usually watch a TV show and go to bed at 10 o'clock. And that is the very exciting life of Rachel, especially right now. And usually when my parents are here, they are involved during the day as well. Yeah, it's crazy that we've probably stuck to that since. I know, I was thinking that. Whatever, eight months of quarantine. That was, it's funny because like the day in my life is like not very exciting, but it's so consistent which I love, but yeah, you're very good with like a schedule. Yeah. I need a schedule. Like I need like the, I need like the consistency. Yeah. The the one funny part I want to add is the other morning I tried to set an alarm for like, I don't know, 725, (laughs) 725 before daylight savings savings to go for a run because I wanted to like do a long run for work. And Rachel was like, are you kidding me? You're setting an alarm. I was going to castrate you. She was screaming at me. I was because one, like the number one thing I always say, I reg- not regret, but like kind of regret when I was pregnant with Ezra is like I didn't rest. Everyone said like rest before the baby comes, like sit down, relax, like don't do anything. And I didn't do that. And then like I really wish that I did. So with this baby and this pregnancy, I'm like really I'm horizontal as much as I can. I'm sitting down as much as I can. And I just don't feel the need to set an alarm or like listen to an alarm. We have an alarm coming in. I'm 23 weeks pregnant. Like we have an alarm coming really soon. Oh, yeah. And we have one next door already, so no reason. That new alarm is going to be going off every few hours. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, switching gears a little bit, but would you ever sell your baked goods? Oh, that's the dream. I just don't know like how to execute something like that. I think that the main way that I would be able to do that is to partner with like another brand and kind of make it happen together. Um, but that'd be awesome to be able to give people like banana bread and brownies and cookies and stuff, but... I don't know if anyone has any tips on the, making that happen. You just let me know. I like would love to sell a banana bread, but I just don't think that that's feasible. It's funny to have so many people tell me to sell my granola recipe, but I think there's a lot of great granola brands in the market. So I wouldn't necessarily do that. I love the idea of doing like baking mixes. I think that's awesome. And then also bakeware, like sheets and like like design and build my own like banana bread pan, muffin tins. Because I have complaints about all of the stuff that I use. Like I would love to build my own like cook and bakeware. Yeah, you definitely gotten crafty with uh, putting your sheets in. The best. Very impressed. What is your favorite part of your business? Ooh, my favorite part, definitely the autonomy is something that I love so much. I don't, I don't think I would ever be able to like work directly for someone else without them killing me. Um, the autonomy and then also like the community aspect of this because before I would had my Instagram and blog, I felt like so isolated and alone. <laughs> I mean, this sounds so depressing. <laughs> I wasn't like in a closet, like in the dark, but I felt so like isolated and alone when it com- came to like my taste buds and like what I was craving food wise and getting excited over like a really good like paleo cookie and trying different like kombuchas. And, you know, you take me into a growth, like an organic grocery store and I'm literally in there like it's a the best day of my life. So I think finding a community that just has the same passions and like similar interests is like so cool. And it just made me feel like less, less alone in, in what I like to do. Running your business by yourself. Do you ever, do you ever feel like <laughs> you can't take off? Or yeah. Shut off? Yeah. I suck. Like I actually suck at turning off and it's something that I'm really trying to work on. And I'm pretty sure I said that last year too, but I am really trying to work on not being like, not um, dedicating any sponsored posts to weekends anymore. I've tried to do in the last couple of weeks, which I think my team is starting to be like, can you post on this day? And I'm like, no, it's a Sunday. And they're like, yeah, I know you have nothing in your calendar. Like, yeah, I know I have nothing in my calendar because I'm going to be playing with Ezra. 
yeah, it's really hard to juggle like staying present and then like being because you know instagram it, it sounds so silly at the same time because like it's instagram like who cares like no one actually is going to give a shit if i don't post for a couple days but so much of what we're doing like i want to share with people because ezra is so funny and like the things that he does and like he's so cute but like i want to absorb that a lot of times now like just for myself and like not care but when i don't post a lot of ezra people are like where's Ezra? like we miss him um, so it's hard. I've also learned that I'm never going to find the perfect balance. I don't believe in the word balance in general. So it's definitely challenging for me, but it's something that I continue to be able to solve this one. Yeah, that was cool. Weekend. Yeah, that was really cool. I was actually thinking last night we should do like one more thing like that before this. Be if we can, like I took off three. I didn't post for three days on Instagram and didn't look at my email for three days. And like, I actually felt so refueled and rejuvenated. You would have thought it was for like three months. Like, I'm not a fan of drastic breaks. Like, I don't need a month off of something or a week off. Of I just need like a couple of days and then I feel like refueled again. That was awesome to be able to do that. Do you have a team that works for you? I have a team that works with me. I don't have anyone that works like, quote, for me. Um, but and that was in April 1st. I signed with DBA, Digital Brand Architects, which is a talent management company and they're amazing. I, they're like my team. They help me like coordinate my calendar. They help me negotiate all my brand deals, which we'll get to in a little bit, but that's like my main team. And then I have an, a podcast editor. So I like sit and like edit the app, like write down like the edits for the episode. And then I have someone who I send everything to, I guess it's technically called like a producer maybe. And he like helps me um, actually make all of the edits and cuts and stuff. And then I have a web developer that I finally brought on like on like a monthly retainer and he works with me for like projects and stuff. So anytime something happens with my website or I want to do like updates and like all of like, you know, for those of you who are who are familiar with WordPress, you know, there's a lot of like plugins. And if you aren't familiar with WordPress, plugins are almost like apps on your phone. And I mean, anytime I go to update that on my own, like my website crashes. So it's nice to have someone to help me do that. So I would say those are... I'm not missing anyone, right? That is like I outsource. Your part-time help, your husband. Jordan, I know. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan and my mom and my dad, my brother helps. Like I would say my family is very helpful too. But when it comes to like actually paying people. Just, just pay. Yeah, really. What are the best aspects to outsource help? It depends. I think that it's great to hire people that are smarter than you. So not necessarily just things that you don't like to do, but just things maybe you're not that good at. Like I'm not that good at web development. So to me, hiring someone to do that is a no brainer because I'm not going to do it correctly. I don't want to sit there and edit podcast episodes. And actually when I tried to do it, it took me so long that that's just not the best use of my time. Um, I think things that just you're not, your skill set isn't as good at. And like, you know, it's impossible to be good at everything. I know a lot of people that test recipes themselves and develop it excuse me, they develop them and then they outsource like food photography. That's something that I think would be freaking awesome to do. But I also love the food photography aspect to this. So I don't know if I want to give that up yet. But I think just hiring people and outsourcing things that you think someone can do better than you because that'll help your business grow. With a lot of people working from home now, do you have any tips for not feeling so isolated? Yeah, definitely to call Make sure you call a friend or a family member at least once per day. Like always push Jordan to do this too. Like not just your mom, like people in general, like other people. I like talking to mom. I know, but you know, you need to keep that network. <laughs> I call like every single morning. I talk to my, my best friends, Lisa, who lives in Florida. And I talk to her every morning. 
And then I always talk to one other person. And that's kind of like my way to not feel so isolated in my bubble. But also at the same time, like I'm with Jordan and Ezra and Ezra's nanny. And they're like my, you know, obviously they're my family, but like his nanny is literally like my third mother. So I don't ever feel as isolated. In fact, I don't feel alone enough. And then my parents, when they're here, like they're back and forth in Florida and New Jersey. And when they're here, they're like here, like they're literally always, we're always together. Um, so I'm, they only live a mile away from, from me and my brother lives like a five minute walk from our apartment. So I'm definitely very grateful to be like super close to family. So I never feel isolated, but if I didn't have people close by, like calling people, FaceTiming people, just like taking the initiative, just like pick up the phone and call someone I think makes all the difference. I'm not a big texter. I freaking hate text messaging. I love calling people. So that's always been like my- How do you find time with a toddler? And how do you plan on building your brand while having two kids? I know I'm really scared for that, actually. <laughs> um, how do I find time? I wouldn't, I like, I'm by no means a superhero. I have an amazing husband who is literally an awesome dad. And no one is like more helpful than he is when it comes to like being a father. Um, and I, and we have a nanny. So like, I'm not like the woman doing it all. Like I'm, I'm not like I have help and I'm the first to admit that I'm definitely scared for two kids, not scared in like an anxious way. I'm just kind of, I know what's coming in the sense where I already feel really overwhelmed right now with work in a good way and trying to juggle like Ezra family and work. And I know that's going to get harder because I'm going to want to even allocate more time just to Ezra. Um, but I think I'll just, I have to just go with the flow. Like I learned with transitioning to motherhood the first time you can't plan everything and you can't go in with all these like anxious, nervous thoughts. You kind of just need to like allow the process to happen. And I know it'll be an an adjustment at first, but I think I'll find a rhythm. And if I don't, I'll figure it out. Yeah. It's funny with the first kid, you're just so excited and you don't really know what's ahead of you. I know with the second kid, you know, what's ahead of you. Yeah. (laughs) What are some of the unglamorous parts of running your own brand? The like, t- like tactical, like gross back and forth between like me and brands and chasing invoices. And I had a brand last night. They had like they hadn't paid me in 90 plus days and like uh, chasing people for money just sucks. It's like so annoying. I hate having to do that. And I also I I have established like so many amazing friendships and relationships with the brands that I work with. To the point where sometimes that gets really awkward to have like harder conversations when like rates increase or something happens and like falling like falling outs with brands and you know everyone everyone's a person like they all have feelings like not everyone's gonna get along so I think some of the like unglamorous parts are just like the like drama at times that could happen um and I don't mean like catty high school drama I just mean like random things that just don't go according like don't go to don't go according to plan or the way you want uh piggybacking on that what's the hardest part of your juggling like motherhood wifehood and (laughs) yeah it's tough because your business is part of your life yeah and so much of it is uh such a gray area of trying to distinguish the two yeah i try i mean my business is truly like it's my first baby like it's everything to me i love what i do and i'm so grateful to be doing what i do And I'm also beyond grateful to be like Ezra's mother. And like, I think that goes for like really any working mom or mom in general. Like, it's just, it's hard to find the the happy, like feeling that you're giving your attention to everyone that or everyone or everything that deserves it and giving attention to yourself. 
I know, but I'm easy at remembering to do that for me. Like I'll be like, Jordan, I have to take a bath. Goodbye. Like it's not even a nego. Like I need to sit in the bathtub. And then we lock the doors and Ezra opens the doors with them like locked and comes in to the bathtub with me anyway. So even when I want a bath myself, he's still there. But like finding the time to do something by yourself, I think has just been so helpful for me. Yeah, I try to distract him. But like that 10, 15 minute mark, he's like, okay. mama. I know. Mama Gagua. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he hears that water running and he just... I know. Um, okay, switching uh, over to brand partnerships. Let's dive into there. Okay. Uh, do you reach out to brands or do they reach out? I, first, I reach out to brands all the time. Like I did like 90% of the outreach and maybe like 10% of brands reach out to me. Um, now, I would say it's like 90. It's the opposite. I reach out to very few brands. Like there's, you know, for example... In November and December, I'm partnering with Go Macro. And like, I actively reached out to them. Like, I was like, I am obsessed with your bars. I want to work with you guys. Like, let's make something happen. Um, so it, it kind of just depends. Like, every brand that I work with, like, I love and use their products. And sometimes brands, they don't reach out to me. But I really, really love the, what they're doing and their stuff. And I always think it's worth a try to, to reach out. And how do brand partnerships work? Okay, so... I'm going to do in the case that where a brand reaches out to you or reaches out to me. So a brand will email me um, or DM me, which I always direct them to email because it's a lot easier to coordinate there. And now for the first time in four, like four and a half years, I'm sending everything to my management team. So if it's something that I'm interested in, I, if I know the person, I'll like make an intro and introduce them to my team or I'll forward it to them, like whatever, whatever I feel like is best for that. If it's something I'm interested in and then they take the conversation over from there and typically, and again, I don't know their exact like method, but what I used to do was find out what the scope of work is that they're looking for, what their budget is, and then finding a way to kind of like make that work with my rates and their budget. and then. If it's a product I haven't tried, then I ask them to send it to me before committing to anything, before even really having these conversations. If it's a if it's a product I have had and loved, it's like a no brainer. And then to, for all brand work, I have to record or shoot content in advance and then send it to them for review. So they review everything usually within like five business days or so. Um, luckily I've only had something rejected like one or two times, but I get so nervous when I submit content, which is on a daily basis. I submit content and I get so nervous that they're going to like reject it. And then they submit like feedback or questions, whatever you go back and forth until everything's finalized. And then you post and hopefully you continue to work together after that. I love doing like longer term, uh, partnerships, which you guys know, cause you see like the same brands over and over again. So that's really important for me. Um, I think that's pretty much brand partnerships. And in a nutshell, in the past, I used to send all the invoices to people. Now my team will do that for like future collaborations. And we also only do like one sponsored something per day. So you'll never see like a series of stuff sponsored. That's like all on like a Wednesday or something. So do you still negotiate any of your own contracts? Or no, <laughs> I don't. And I love it. I used to love negotiating it. But then it got so like when I first started this, I wanted to actually be like a manager for, for bloggers and influencers. And then oh, negotiating for myself just got really tough, really, really tough, especially when I became friends with the brands because, you know, they'd want a non-compete, but they wouldn't pay me for the non-compete. And then I'd be like asking my friends for money and I just felt so awkward. So I don't anymore and I don't miss it 
at all. Don't miss doing the negotiating. It just gets so it's weird to be like, you have to pay me this amount of money because I think this is what I deserve. And I think a lot of the times too, like it's hard to be like, quote, the bad guy. And like, obviously my management team isn't the bad guy, but they're the person, they're like the, the team advocating for me. So for them to like say like, no, Rachel's worth this amount. Like this is what she should be paid. It just, it's better coming from a third party and not coming from me because I just sound like an asshole. For what it's worth, you are a great negotiator though. I love doing it. Just You actually use all the products you post about? I do. I do, which is crazy. That's why our pantry looks like a madhouse, but not anymore. Thanks to Natalie and Liberate Your Space. It's a little bit more organized, but I do. And, you know, I spend hours in the grocery store, like looking for products and like looking for brands and online. Like I'm always trying to find new things that are coming out. I'm a huge snack person. I love bars. Like I love cookies. I love chocolate. Like I love trying all these new things. So every product, believe it or not, I do post about. And that's also, if you think about it, I don't post about many products within the same category. So I'm like pretty particular about a lot of things. Um, but every product you see, I use it or my family uses like someone. And if it's something that like you use, for like I am the first to like say Jordan loves this, like he uses it all the time. Um, but yeah. You've opened my eyes to a lot of great products. But uh, the grocery store is like Ezra's playground. So on the weekends, we'll bring him in there. And then Rachel can like for new products. And Ezra's literally... Every every employee. every employee. Ezra's like the mayor of Trader Joe's. They like well, he walks in and I swear everyone like bows down to him. Like he runs shit in Trader Joe's. It's the cutest thing ever. Um, they give him stickers. He rearranges everything. He has some crew there. Yeah, he checks out his cucumbers, his blueberries, <laughs> all of his baboos, nana nanas. <laughs> runs over to the snacks. Yeah, he loves it. Um, you kind of mentioned like you know uh, partnerships in the same category. How do you kind of decide to do that or that? Um, if it's, again, if it's something that I I love and use and I don't think it's like, if I don't, you know, I don't eat 15 different types of bar comp- like brands. Like I eat like a handful and I, to me, like I like options. So I always want to give my community like options for things. Like if you walk into a grocery store and you're like, oh, Rachel, like usually posts about like this chocolate company and you can't find a chocolate company. You can't find it there. Like, oh, maybe like how she's posted about this one too. Like I like to give people options so that they have like things that would work for them. And also like if if someone has like an allergy to something, like I like to make sure I'm providing as many choices for my community as I can. But I also don't like to like oversaturate myself where it's like 75 types of protein powders and like vitamins. Like I don't take a million vitamin brands. I am very specific. I've declined so many vitamin partnerships about like vitamins and supplements and stuff. So I think that it's good to just like always stay true to like who you are. And if it's something that like I use, then I have no problem posting about it or or having it like roll over. There's some or like roll over into the same category as another brand partnership. There's some brands that I have like exclusivity agreements with. So I can't post about another something within that category, but those are far and few in between. So like, and sometimes it'll be like a two week exclusive recipes. Uh, how many times do you actually test a recipe before posting it on your blog? It depends. I think at first, like in the first few years, I was doing this a lot because I didn't know what I was doing. But now I have like a lot of like I have like a good base. Like I have like something to kind of like show me the way in a way like where I know that if I have a, a cookie recipe, right? Say it's like my chocolate chip walnut cookie. And I know it's like your favorite, 
but I want to make one that's like crispier. Like I'll like use that as the base and kind of tweak it in a way where like I think it'll be like a crispier, crunchier cookie. Or if someone wants like a vegan form of that, like I'll test things in different ways. And a lot of times it just turns out like a different cookie. So it ends up being like another recipe, if that makes sense. So I test things a few different times. Um, there's a lot of recipes where I'm like, this sucked and don't eat it. And mm-hmm. Jordan will be like, this is disgusting. And then Ezra's Nana will be like, ooh, Rochelle, so good. I'm like, okay, then you, you can have it. But I definitely have to test things a few times. But at this point, it's a lot easier for me than it was a few years ago. I also noticed that I've been doing a lot more savory recipes than I used to. Yeah, the baby. I know. I think it is. And that is like, you know, baking is harder to nail the ratios and savory is a lot. Like you have to like, it's not, it's not easy to like mess that up. So savory is a lot easier. So I never really have to test those over again. Yeah. It's so funny. You can give your dad one of your treats. He's like, Hey, Rach. How'd you figure out the recipe? Oh my God, I know. My mom's like, Joe, shut up. <laughs> You're Go like, I've away. been doing this for five years. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, where do you get your recipe inspiration from? Ooh, I love this. Um, I get a lot of requests from people, which I think is definitely where I get like majority of the ideas. Like I always ask Instagram, but I also get a lot of direct messages that people will be like, hey, can you make like, my mom, I grew up, my mom used to make something like this. Can you make this healthier? Or... I really want to make this recipe of yours, but I'm allergic to almonds. Can we do it in a different way? And I think that definitely like gives me ideas in the kitchen. I also love taking like ideas from like restaurants um, and bakeries and just like nothing that I'm creating is like reinventing the wheel. Like in my cookbook, there's Pop-Tarts. I didn't create Pop-Tarts. Well, they're called pastry tarts for like copyright reasons or whatever, but Pop-Tarts. I didn't create that. I'm just making a healthier form of it. Same thing with like chocolate chip cookies. I'm not the creator of chocolate chip cookies. I'm just doing like versions of it that I'm craving and that I think you guys will hopefully love too. And that's pretty much across the board with anything. And I'm the first to say that. Like I'm not the inventor of these this genre of food. It's just my tweak on on like a classic type of food. A lot of the ingredients that you use, like organic yeah. or, you know, flowers can get it. How do you manage that? Yeah, it's expensive. Um, It's very expensive. At first, when we were living in Chelsea, when we literally like were, did I was such a Nazi about spending money. I was like, so like, I had a spreadsheet where I tracked every, every single expense. Penny. Like if we like were on the sidewalk and I was so thirsty, like it was 95 degrees and I was dying of thirst, I wouldn't even pay a dollar to buy a water bottle because I was so cheap. So, and this is when I was trying to grow my business. These ingredients, they're not inexpensive and they're not cheap. I'm well aware of that. I personally like don't spend money on much else besides food and like quality food because that brings me happiness. And I've always said that like I've purchased kombucha every single day for like what, seven or eight years now. That's a lot of money. If you think about it, it's like $3 a day and I buy one every single day. I, but I don't, I don't drink coffee in my, I don't have to justify myself, but I don't drink coffee. So I don't, that's like the only beverage I really spend like so I make excess my money on. <laughs> um, I think it's just finding what works for you. Like almond flour itself, yes, it's expensive. Ingredients like oat flour and spelt flour, that's not, they're they're not that much more, much more expensive than all-purpose flour. And you can also buy a huge thing of rolled oats and make your own oat flour and like make things a little bit more inexpensive. I think joining like grocery, like online grocery stores, like Thrive Market, it helps you save so much money. Trader Joe's is so affordable. I get like the organic coconut sugar there. It's super cheap. Um, I think just knowing where to buy things 
really helps budget too. Like I go to two to three grocery stores to like do our full haul because I want to save money on those things. Um, And I don't spend like dumb money on things that are like pre-cut vegetables and like like I can cut my own vegetables. I hate pre-cut vegetables. Yeah, like things like that are- Pre-shredded cheese. Yeah. Drives me crazy. And I just did a story in the other day that like shredded cheese is like added like cellulose which like sure some once in a while is fine but i'd rather just buy a block of cheese it's a it's cheaper and b it has like no cellulose or additives in it and you can just shave it yourself with the grater like i did last night for my brother's grilled cheese <laughs> um do you think that answered that question yeah i think so i mean i also just think like you know if someone compares it to like going out to a restaurant it's still cheaper to make a meal at home with these moments it's so true like we don't want well, now we really don't but like we don't really go out to eat that much but like we also never really did like we liked to cook and like you're a really good cook so like i would rather spend like you could get a piece of a really good piece of salmon or a steak out for dinner and that's going to cost you 40 bucks for the entree or you could like buy high quality salmon at whole foods probably get double of a portion size it's like 26 dollars, and get two portions and make it yourself so i think it just kind of depends where you're like priorities are in terms of like spending spending money on food i do think that once we have like a big family it's going to get really expensive to eat the way that i like to eat and like feed our entire family but you know like i said that's something that like we prioritize and that we like to spend money on i would say like food and back in the day like nice vacation like splurge on yeah um do you have a monthly food budget i don't we never we never really did i was i'm always very aware of how much i spend because I would say I go, to, I go to the grocery store every single day. I'm there every morning. Right now, I actually go to the grocery store because it's Trader Joe's is only one of the is one of the only places I can go to the bathroom when I go for my morning walk. So I'm in there actually every single day to go to the bathroom. Um, but I would say if I had to guess, two hundred dollars a week, and like that's like a max. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the averages are, but well, I would say I spend between twenty to thirty dollars on like an average trip by myself, and so if I did that like six to seven days a week, it's really not that much money to feed. And like you also have to remember, like I also I give Ezra's nanny a lot of food. I like feed her breakfast almost every day. I fed her lunch a few times last week. I feed fed my feed my brother. I feed my mom. I feed my dad. Like we feed a lot of people with that. Make a lot of leftovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only way to do it. Winter's coming. Winter's here. Well, guys, thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to the second annual podcast episode yeah. for my fired can't, anniversary. Can't wait for the invite next year. I know. I should bring you on, though, to actually bring you on to the podcast. Yeah, show. so I, I don't have to be the interviewer. I should be the interviewer. Do you have anything? It'll be like a four-minute episode, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least I could say I was on. Well, now you've been on twice. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any other questions or anything that's like, running business related definitely let me know and if you're interested in hearing more about my story like how i got started that's all in episode i believe four on the podcast like last december but i'll link to that in the show notes and i hope everyone is doing safe and well when this comes out in december happy holidays oh man this is the last podcast episode of 2020 for me wow yeah i'm taking off the last couple so i can crank out all the food gear up for number two my uh my coconut in my belly right now all right well wow i love you guys and we will talk soon